Welcome to the Victor Frankel Meaning Academy. We are your hosts of the Meaning Academy podcast, Dr. Daniel Franz and Dr. Baruch Halevi. In this podcast, we explore the insights and inspiration of Dr. Victor Frankel and all things meaning, purpose, and resilience. Thanks for joining us. And now let's begin our search for meaning. Welcome back to the Meaning Academy podcast. Is that what we call it? I think that's what we call it. The Meaning Academy podcast. Anyways, we are the Victor Frankel Meaning Academy. Myself, my good friend, Dr. Dan, and our also co-creator, co-founder, who isn't on this particular uh, podcast, Dr. Elise Cortez. But at least for now, you got me, Dr. B, and Dr. Dan bringing to you the Victor Frankel Meaning Academy. What's up, my brother? all kinds of goodness man it's it's so funny when we get together and we put this show on first of all i mean th this was the start of this great love affair right you and i just chatting about uh logotherapy and, and the victor frankel and psychology of meaning my goodness be it's probably been two years now right i mean our audience probably remembers better because you know uh as i told you this week either we had to record early or uh, I was going to disappoint my audience and go solo. And, and you were like, no, don't disappoint those poor souls. We'll, we'll get together. So they, they um, already got to put up with your logo sweater. I don't want them to be any more upset. Well, only on the YouTube. So for those of you listening on Spotify or whatever app you're listening on, I mean, you should hop over to the YouTube and see this pretty fun. Look, man, my wife is very proud of this. Uh, she wanted me to have an Irish sweater before I went to Ireland. And I'm like, okay, so she she forced it there's an irish tag on the back of it or something I'm like i don't okay thanks babe appreciate it so when it's cold in the dr dan studios i put on you know no longer do i have the uh, mr rogers sweater but now we'll call it the logo sweater i like it and it kind of matches uh the b shirt today so you know we're, we're I'm gonna argue that one, but we'll talk fashion another time. So uh, yeah, we're trying to uh, we're trying to break the mold of this kind of stuck logo therapy in a previous century, bring it to the world. Mm -hmm. And in spite of Dan's sweater, we are doing that. We are reimagining this timeless, timely message because um, you know I know I speak for you and Elise. It's a it's an idea whose time has come, and now uh, the world needs. The, the meaning-centered psychology philosophy of Viktor Frankl more than ever before. And you hear it every time you turn on the news in various ways. And I live in Boulder, Colorado. I'm sorry, I live in Denver, Colorado, but right next door to Boulder, Colorado. And it's impossible not to turn on the news these days and hear about, or not hear about, Boulder, Colorado, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, and what he has done not only to that football program, I think in some ways to collegiate football, but I also think what he's doing is tapping into a sort of a sign of the times, of an ethos of the times. And that is a message that he has brought to both Boulder, to college football, and to the world, which is it's time to win. It's time to do what it takes to sort of buckle down to rise up and to face hard truths head on. And he is sort of pulling no punches. He's saying what he believes need to be said. And we're going to talk about that today. Coach Prime and his message to the world. So what are your, what are your thoughts about Coach Prime, uh, Neon, Dion Sanders, and what he's been saying lately in the news? 
Well, B, as you and the audience know, I'm not much one for the news these days other than what comes across whatever feed I might be on. I, I don't subscribe often to it. But, uh, you're right. It's hard to not hear about that and, and the winning ways of, of Coach Prime over there in Boulder. For, I mean, I've always loved the University of Colorado because, uh, you know, as a professional football fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers, they did give us Cordell Stewart way back in the 90s. So I was was proud of that. That was way before you were there, I think. But uh, sports as as logotherapy, as the psych, we need to come back to logotherapy. But um, sports, as as we see it in our field, is an opportunity for human beings to see what they can be most athletic events show people in their prime of some physical activity right they've committed years to get there and it's an opportunity to see what we can be as you know just just the human beings watching and i believe i think it's dr frankel i know there are other uh, components throughout the logotherapy literature that talk about sports as a healthy thing as long as we are not uh, consumed by it as long as we um, see it for what it is that it's entertainment but also a distraction but it's also an example of what we can be and what healthy competition is and i think you're right i think a sign of the time or changing sign of the times right is the idea of competition Right. We've heard those stories. We did a podcast with our friend Sarah, Dr. Sarah Musavi, a while ago about uh, consolation prizes in the time of COVID. Right. Um, you know, she's up there in Canada, apparently more into consolation prizes than winning, uh, especially even if you look at their professional sports teams. Um, the idea that, you know, everybody's a winner here. We don't have to compete and everybody should just be awarded for trying. And I think Coach Prime is fighting that. Uh, why are we calling him Coach Prime, Mr. Sandion, Coach? What? Oh, he right. help Coach Prime. That's why. he used to. Be, yeah, well, he used to be called Prime Time. I forgot that. He's bringing this idea of do what it takes to win, and you know, you would think most professionals, or well, it's not professional. Most sports are that way, but apparently they're not. You know, the article you shared with me, the idea of telling people hard truths. So you know, so one of the things he did when he came in is. Um, he basically told everybody on the existing roster that he inherited, you're out of a job, might as well get into the transfer portal. For anybody who doesn't know, college football has really changed over the past year or so with this new addition of the transfer portal, which now you can just jump in, so to speak, and start playing for another team ASAP. You used to have to wait, no longer have to wait. So he said, now's your chance, jump in, get out, because with all due respect, you all are losers. I don't know if he said that word. But they were losers. They the losingest team in college football last year, and I think a lot of people were almost hurt or offended by his nature or his abrupt, you know, sort of drawing a line in the sand. He's not wrong. Like maybe you know, like he's not wrong. This is not. By the way, college football is no longer a game. Let's just be honest. This is now pro sports. They're getting paid. You know, um, his son Shadur, who's quarterback for the for uh, the Buffs, I think he's two or three million dollar deal right now going on with, you know, the new um, change in the rules and regs that um, that uh, college players can be paid for their likeness. And so the kid's a millionaire like this is no longer just Pop Warner football or what you're describing is sort of a, um, you know, pure competition. Like it's complicated now. 
Mm -hmm. um, and and he's bringing he's just he's pointing to some hard truths. So I, I'm not saying it's good or bad. We got to get into it a little bit and talk about it. Sure, sure. Um, first of all, I think I think college football specifically has always been complicated. We've heard about all the rules and fractions and, and the dark side of it. For some, you know, several great movies about the dark side of college football. But first of all, I've got to point out, be uh, you know, I am really triggered by using you using the word offended. So I think. Maybe those are two uh, two topics we need to talk about as well. Being offended and and triggered, like you're offended by the facts, by the truth. You're you're a loser. Your team is the losingest team in football. You're a part of that team, hence and therefore, uh, logic would say, well, you're part of that losing team as well. Let's deal with that. Um, we don't deal with those hard truths very well these days. And when we don't, what does that do to us? It leaves us shallow and offended and triggered and and not dealing in reality baby it's true it's not it's not compassionate to not tell somebody the truth so here's a totally random thing but i went to sting concert last night with ariella um, which was fabulous the guy's 71 i think and he is like not lost a beat Have first of all that's Awesome. I was actually asking myself the other day, like, do we, is Sting still with us? Did we lose him too? Okay. So it's uh, good to know he's still with us. And first of all, my friend, I am proud of you for going to see Sting and not another Barry Manilow concert. So good on you, man. Um, I called in one of my, you know, I, I used some of my capital to get her together because <laughs> this wasn't her, her jam. However, the guy is born to, to sing, to rock, to do his thing. Like he, I saw Daryl Hall about a year ago, and Daryl, with all due respect, shouldn't be touring. He's, he's lost that ability to hit those notes. Sting has not. Now, why do I bring this up? Because he's he's doing his thing. However, his son opens for him, and his son is no Sting. And you had like 30,000 people at Red Rocks, by the way. Have you ever been to Red Rocks? I have not, but I, that is on the bucket list, probably towards well, the top. So, I mean, if there's good weather, there's nothing like Red Rocks Amphitheater to see a good Sting concert or any good concert. Anyways, his son, Joe Sumner, opens up for him. And he is not, with all due respect, worthy of being opening up in that type of a venue. Mm -hmm. And it's like a favor from father to son. And I just mm -hmm. thought the whole time, that's not compassionate. It just didn't feel compassionate to be giving this opportunity to somebody who hasn't earned it through blood, sweat, and tears of what it takes to be an artist at that caliber. It wasn't, it just, it felt like it wasn't truthful. You know, that's that idea of not compassionate. It is not compassionate to give everybody a participation trophy just for trying, you know, yes. Hey, a pat on the back. Good job. Good, good work. Proud of you. But this idea that everybody gets the award, no, awards are for winners, right? Uh, you know, and, and winners are created through hard work and effort. It's an interesting point you bring up. Let's let's take that away from sports really quick. Just the last hour before recording with you, I was on a, a, a call uh, with a couple I've worked with, I think for over a decade now. Um, they were one of my originals when, they, when, when I moved to Farmville. Uh, they've since moved on, and, and so we meet over Zoom every once in a while. And within the first few minutes of chatting with them, I just knew, right? I could tell there was something different, right? The way they communicated, how they just their word choice. It was from a, a psychotherapist perspective, it was beautiful to witness because something had worked. And they were talking about how other people, even people in, in their companies would come up to them and say, hey, how did you get there? How did you do it? 
And of course they want the, the quick and easy answer. Well, I chose the red pill instead of the blue pill. Well, you know, I went to this one day retreat and all of a sudden everything's different. No, these people have been putting in effort in their mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health, not just with me, but with many professionals for over a decade. They have worked to get there. Right. And I think that's something we, we lose with participation trophies and instant gratification is we're not willing to do the work to get to these places, to get to be a winner, whether it's in life or in sports. I think it was um, one of your favorite authors, Seth Godin, who I can't remember what book. I mean, it was The Dip. He wrote a, I mean, he wrote a lot of little books. And this mm -hmm. was one of those little books, like 50 pages or something. But um, he said in there, winners never quit question mark not true winners always quit mm -hmm. they quit the things they can't win in which mm -hmm. is why they've harnessed all allocated all their resources to the thing they can win in mm -hmm. and that's why it's not compassionate to continue to reward people with a false trophy if it's taking them down a path of you're wasting your precious resources. Now it doesn't mean you shouldn't pursue it if it's not if it's your vocation, if you, you know, if you love to do it, you play the piano and you're not good but you love it and that's how you want to spend your hobbyish time. Mm -hmm. Great. But if you think you're going to be a concert pianist, I'm not doing you any favors by by telling you or giving you a trophy. Yeah, so this goes back to coach Prime's uh discussion about, you know, how do you get to win? You share the hard truths. You talk about the hard truths. Um, I had a boss years ago who would talk about brutal honesty, right? And, and sometimes the honest truth can be brutal. You know, compassion is sharing the brutal facts, right? The honest facts um, in a caring way, right? If somebody's a loser and they suck at something, the compassionate way isn't to say you're a loser and you suck. You know, compassion is, wow, this might not be the thing for you. Or, or maybe here's a few steps to try to get better. But if you can't do that, maybe it's time to look at something else. And, and, you know, like we have to like just look at our language because I can already hear people going, you're calling these kids on the on the Buffs team from last year losers. No, like it's not about calling them losers. It's about saying your efforts as a, individuals and as a collective are losing. Mm -hmm. So it's not you. You aren't the loser. Right. But the, what you're doing and the way you're going about it is losing. And to me, those are two different things. Absolutely. Dr. Frankel teaches us, right? We are all unique and singular individuals with a task to accomplish in this world, right? We are all special in our uniqueness. And I truly believe in that. Um, but if we are not succeeding, if we are not moving forward, if we, as, as he shares, if we're not becoming better, if we're not evolving, then we need to figure out why that is and, and change paths, right? Yeah. That's That doesn't make you a loser. That makes you, as, as Seth Godin tells us, right? Fail early, fail often. When you recognize you're failing, pull back, change paths, and, and find a way that you can succeed. Doesn't mean in the same task. Might be something else. Totally. It's like, you know, your sweater, right? It's not you. It's your sweater. Wow. <laughs> Irish handmade sweater, bro. Uh, back off your sweater. But um it's it's about a again i have kids i have a i have a daughter who's playing high school volleyball and she's good she's not great she's a sophomore she's not tall enough to go to the next level now i'm not telling her she shouldn't try she's going to try out for jv 
I, I don't think she's going to make it, not because I don't believe in her, but because I think the, the, the statistics and the data is not on her side. Mm-hmm. Girls her height don't play her position. So, you know, we've had that conversation and she said, look, I still want to try, but I'm well aware that I probably can't make it. And I definitely won't go on beyond that. And I'll realign my, my, I mean, she didn't say realign, but she said something to the effect of I'll realign my energies elsewhere when that comes. And that, that was a compassionate conversation we had. Mm-hmm. It didn't tell her no. It gave her free will, the, you know, the ability to choose but she needs to have her eyes wide open as she goes into this. And I can hear a lot of people already kind of saying, it just seems so harsh and so hard. And so, you know, like you're taking away the hope. And I just would disagree because I think she feels more clear and confident going into it with eyes wide open. Yeah. Hope can be a beautiful thing unless it's shrouded in ignorance, right? Yes. We can hope to do these things, but if, if we are blind to the true facts, like, you know, uh, my good friend you've met and a uh, friend of the podcast, the running man, dude's four feet, nine. He's not going <laughs> to, he's not four feet, nine, Give All right. in a little <laughs> five, five, two, <laughs> right? Not destined to play volleyball, but you know, back in the college days, he, uh, he may not even done it. He would get out there and try. Right. I think that's an important thing we need to talk about when it comes to raising kids. I'm a big believer in, Hey, you can go try whatever you want to do, right? Whatever sport I will, I will support you. I want you to try. I want you to experience diversity in athletics and in clubs and things like that. But if you do, you commit to following through, even if you find out you're failing, even if you're not succeeding, even if you're struggling, you commit to carrying all the way through. But if you get all the way through and you figure that's not the thing for you, that's okay. Then we can try something else. I think too often, and I've worked with parents like this, that, you know, well, they they tried it for a month. It's a, a four month season, but you know they don't like it, so we let them quit. Ah, I feel that might that might generate that kind of loser attitude. You know that giving up that I'm not going to push myself. So there's a certainly a balance to be had there. Yeah, it's about um, well, you know, back to Deion Sanders. He said, "I quote unquote, I think truth is good for kids. We're so busy lying, we don't even recognize the truth anymore." in society. And the truth is good. You know, when I count, I've counseled people as have you, but I've counseled people when I was a rabbi through the horrors of life. And here's the only thing I know to be true. People can get through any type of hell if they can find the truth, clarity, get clear, right? They don't want false diagnoses from a doctor. They don't want to be told you know, false hopes. Um, most people want the truth because I think we we can deal with the truth. What we can't deal with is trying to figure out what's true and what's not true. That's that's maddening. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, Dr. Elise likes to poke at me every once in a while. She says, who in the world enjoys telling people they're suffering? And I quickly put my hand up. I said, Elise, that's what I do all the time, right? Because when when we don't know, when we're seeking that guidance, we know we're, we're we know something's not right, and somebody can offer that clarity and say, "Yeah, you are really struggling. You are really suffering in this area of life, and here's how you are creating it." That illumination, that lucidity of all of a sudden coming to realize, "Oh my goodness, I'm creating my own misery," and and there's a way I can change it. 
That's the hard truth. Telling somebody, no, 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 no. It's all going to be okay. You're not suffering. This isn't your fault. It's just the universe out to get you. Does them no service. That's not compassionate. That's just keeping them ignorant. So when somebody, you know, is diagnosed and I'm working with them with that terminal illness, mm -hmm. I, I never say it's going to be okay. That's okay. not for me to decide. But what we get to, as do you, and this is the fundamentals of meaning-centered living, is I can't tell you what's going to be. All I can tell you is right here, right now, you have the defiant power of the human spirit. And we have to figure out what is yours to Take, you know, to be responsible, response able, to choose your response around. Mm -hmm. and, and so, yeah. go ahead. No, go, go, go. Well, I'm just curious how those young men chose to respond to Coach Prime coming in and sharing the hard truth and telling them, go find a new job elsewhere. One of the things he said, I, I think I watched it on six. He was on 60 Minutes this week. I mean, again, this is sort of transcended. I think he's hit a nerve and this is transcended college football. And, um, he said most of the kids left and that was in some ways the litmus test of what he was doing was trying to get those who weren't all in to leave. He said, but some did stick around. And he said, we didn't want people who would hear that message and bail. Right. In some ways it was a test and I get that. And that and sort of, it's sort of coming back to my conversation with my daughter where in some ways I was testing her to make sure if she's going to go into this next year and put in all the effort that she's all in, and that's what you were saying before, regardless of the outcome, don't go in halfway. Correct. Right. Right. I, I, I think that's definitely it is, you know, so you don't have coach prime testing. You got to test yourself. Am I, am I committed to making this happen? Or I just do I just want to go do it halfway? I might not have the physical ability, but you know, the, the the books are written about heroes who didn't have the physical ability, but pushed themselves to rise above and learn and grow. Even the running man at four foot nine could have been, you know, playing volleyball or basketball or something like that. But you know, opted it's a conscious decision, right? I don't want to push myself here. I have to choose those areas of life where I do want to push myself. Good for those young men that made that decision to stick it out and 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 work harder. Um, there's this there's this um, ancient sort of lore. When I moved to Israel about 60, 70 years ago, when they were just forming the state of Israel, there was like it was impossible to get phone service. I mean, it was really late in coming, maybe 80 years ago at this point. And and the bottom line was. Some um, guy said to the um, phone company, he said, you telling me I'm not going to get phone service for another year? They said, yeah, that's what we're telling you. He said, is there any hope? She said, of course, there's always hope. He said, so it's going to happen? No, it's not going to happen, but there's always hope. There's always hope. Right? And, and that's, that's always stuck with me of, you know, there's hope, but don't let it delude you, right? In this false sort of toxic positivity. And, and it's, a, it's incumbent upon you to kind of dig into it and figure out what's real and true and grounded in reality. And what's this false, I don't know, illusion that just makes me feel better. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that um, Dion has really challenged us to start looking at that and the message that we're telling our kids and not a false hope, a real hope. Mm -hmm. Right. And so what can my daughter hope for? Well, you know, like she, if she wants to be in volleyball, then be all in, in volleyball. You just might not be 
playing on the team. Maybe you'll be working with the coach. Maybe you'll be writing about volleyball. She's likes to, she's a journalist. So maybe you start covering, I don't know what it is, but I'm not doing her any service if I give her a false hope versus a real hope. Agreed. It's, it's interesting. I, I deal in hope often. And, and there are times, even in my own mind, I, I wonder, am I treading on toxic positivity? Because one of the, one of the things I instruct people, whether it's in relationships or even in business, right? Hope is always a good thing until you recognize it's time to abandon hope. And I, I'm, a, I'm a believer that, well, obviously in, in logotherapy, our spirit, our nuos um, will tell us, all right, you, you, you've been hoping for too long. It's not working, right? So you got to try something else. And people often ask me that question. Well, you know, well, how long? How long do I hope? How long do I keep trying? It's like, you'll know. You know, I can't tell you that. You'll know. Your spirit will tell you. You're defined, you know. But in the meantime, hold on to hope. It can be helpful. But in the end, recognize when you've gone too far and, and life is telling you like, yeah, it's, you know, it, it's over. It's done. Whatever. Then it's time to move on. That's the compassionate thing to do is move on to grieve and go about it in a different way. In, in business, in the startup world, that's why you're, you're, you're encouraged to fail quickly. You know, you create the MVP, the, mo the minimal viable product. Just get it out there and see, you know, like and test it. And Seth Godin talks a lot about this. Fail quickly and and then move on to the next thing because that's the only way to find the thing that is that isn't about hope it's about this thing's going to work and i want to put my energy there yeah uh, i'm reading adam grant's uh, originals right now and he's highlighting uh, quite a few people you know i think it was thomas edison may have had over a thousand patents and we only know about two or three of them right because he was out there creating prolifically and recognizing a lot of these things are going to fail Right. But there's two or three that, that came about Ben Franklin, all these inventors, but then even, you know, Jobs and Gates and, and Elon and all these guys, individuals, you know, work hard to generate a lot of ideas. I think that's another Seth Godinism. A lot of bad ideas need to die for the good ones to live. I love that idea. Well, I mean, even the, the Victor Frankel Meaning Academy that we started, we started it with the lean startup sort of model in mind. Like we just mm -hmm. want to get it going. Perfection's mm -hmm. the enemy of the good. It's a t an idea whose time has come. So get the idea out there and just start listening to the market, listening to people and be like water running down a hill, right? Find the path of least resistance. Mm -hmm. And that's what we've been doing, you know, and I think we're finding our way as water down that hill. I love the fact that you were able to take a quote from Voltaire and put it together with some Bruce Lee-isms, you know, water <laughs> running down a hill, Voltaire. <laughs> yeah. uh, love that, man. You, uh, I just want to like throw out some random word and you give me the etymology of it and be like, well, that word is actually from ancient Latin, uh, alien, whatever. Um, I, I, geek out. I do geek out in those areas. That's my uh, Trust me, man. I, I love it, brother. That's why we, we get to do it. But you're right. Uh, the perfect is enemy of the good. I love the fact that my oldest daughter still remembers me teaching her that. And she's like, I know, Dad, sometimes I'm too perfectionistic and, and I know it's the enemy of the good. And I, and I you know, got to just get the thing done. And at some point, yeah, like the with our meeting academy, we're, we're going to try a lot of things and we're going to fail a lot of different ways. But in the end, it's it's still there. It's still us. It's still the core message is there. This is an idea whose time has come. This is information people need to know about. And ironic, watch this. I'm, gonna, I'm about to do some uh, uh, podcast jujitsu here. Right? I'm going to turn it right around, bring it back to the beginning. That's what Coach Prime is teaching people. 
right? That, you know, you're going to fail, but if you keep coming back to the core, you keep coming back to working hard and, and that message there, you know, you're going to do things. You're going to start out three and zero, and you're going to win in whatever that was double, triple overtime, whatever happened last weekend. Um, he, he's right. This is an idea whose time has come. Honest truth, brutal honesty, letting people know the facts and trusting um, that they can that they can handle it. Yeah, that's why I keep challenging you about your sweater. So. Damn, and you can bring. You know, it's ironic. The um, apparently I'm known for. I, I have to be honest. Like I did not choose this sweater. This sweater chose me. My wife chose it. But uh, I have a history, apparently, of uh, you know most of my friends, including the Running Man, will tell you. Just not good at picking out sweaters, so I'm gonna yeah, have to do you something are, about that. We can't be good at everything, and we have to really <laughs> understand that about ourselves. And we understand that about you and your fashion choices. So that's, why, that's uh, so cool. you're saying uh, if Coach Prime was coaching my fashion attire, he would say, "Give it up. You need to get yourself in the transfer porter transfer portal, and uh, maybe hire a stylist." It's funny you said that because he just made a deal with um, Nike to. Um, create new uniforms every single game they're never wearing the same uniforms and he said the reason why is because they want to be like hip and cutting edge and he wants his players to feel good and feel jazzed and excited and there's a lot of image to this guy coach prime mm -hmm. i just did a podcast on him i'm not proud that i've done two coach prime prod podcasts in one week a uh, little pandering there but People have been asking me about him, so I wanted to address him. That's the shadow side of this, though, is there is an imagey thing that happens with that winning winner's attitude. And it's a it's a slippery slope. Maybe we'll do this on another podcast, but sort of the underbelly or the shadow side of living your life, looking for, you know, six focused, overly focused on success. Mm -hmm. And you can see that with Pri Coach Prime, even though we keep calling, even he calls himself that. There's this piece of me that uh, the hair on back of my neck, what little hair I have left, stands up and says, "I'm, I'm not comfortable with this, this hyper winning component." Yeah, as as Dr. Frankel teaches us, uh, happy success, much like happiness, cannot be pursued; it must ensue. And I think when we when we pursue it too much, we do have that shadow side. I know for you, that's the Enneagram three that you are not necessarily a fan of. Trust me, audience, I did not know that on my own. B told me that beforehand. I could not pull out Enneagram three from a four. But you're right. When we pursue winning, when we pursue success too much, it, it becomes well, it becomes everything and it becomes meaningless in some ways. And so there's a balance in real life to be had there. I don't think coach prime uh in coaching college football is what i would consider to be real life um but for us out there you know there, there is certainly a balance and so you know just not this is a, not an enneagram class but i just want to point it out enneagram three the achiever and if you look at the mega stars you look at lebron james you look at kobe bryant you look at peyton manning and tom brady and simone biles and michael phelps and, and michael jordan and tiger woods these are all enneagram threes and it's not coincidence because what it takes to get to that caliber of professional sports, you're going to have to set aside a lot of feelings, a lot of emotion, a lot of compassion. And, and if you look at some of these megastars, they lose some of that in the process. And so, again, that's the shadow side of this, the truth and winning. And, you know, you can't handle the truth kind of a thing. 
And so we, we want to make sure, I want to make sure our audience hears that there's two sides to this coin. And it's not about telling kids, hey, you know, daughter, you suck at volleyball. It's about a compassionate conversation to mm -hmm. factor in who she is, what she's good at, what she wants, where she's going, what she's up against as a holistic approach to, mm -hmm. to winning. Agreed. And I think that's a beautiful summary to wrap up on because I was going to ask you, um, we have been everywhere in this podcast from, you know, a few good men quotes to Voltaire and Seth Godin. What is, what is my sweater? <laughs> I, I, I'm leaving the sweater in the Dr. Dan studio from now on. You will be seeing it more often, but the rest of the world will not apparently. <laughs> um, AI, AI. Now we can erase that sweater and put, AI, put on so, a, a uh, I, I think you really summed it up beautifully in that you know, whether it's with our kids or or other kids or, or just you know other human beings we come across, it is compassionate to be honest, but balanced to have true. Be we just had to do it last week with you, man. I feel like Elise and I were having a bit of an intervention via you know Victor Frankel Meaning Academy was you know we were having some growing pains and you know I think we've all. In, in the Victor, Victor Frankel Meaning Academy at, at life in general have come to those points where we're frustrated, things aren't working out the way we want to. And we need people to both be honest and, and truthful with us, but also to lift us up, right? To be compassionate. And maybe that's the key of what we're having here. The conversation here is it's not about just coming out and being rude and abrupt or, or showy and seeking always winning, but it is about compassion and balance and having those meaningful conversations. It's a good place to wrap. And your good friend, the running man with his short stride is probably burnt out now. We love you, running man. <laughs> Keep running, buddy. Keep running. We love you. Um, so with that, we will continue the conversation, I am sure, with another podcast coming soon. We, we seem to be on a weekly rhythm right now. Let's keep that going. Yeah, let's keep that going. And, and as always, you know, for those of you out there, if there's topics you want us to cover, let me tell you, B and I, we are pretty creative with this. It's usually a couple of texts in the morning that we're going to record and we see what's going on or what we feel like talking about. If there are topics you want us to cover, um, you know, hit us up. You can find out more at themeaningacademy.com. B is at thedefiantspirit.org. You can find me at danielafrans.com. Dr. Elise, just go to TheMeaningAcademy.com. You'll find out more about her. I don't know her website, but her podcast is pretty solid. Good listen. And next week, we will be doing a live expose from Dr. Dan's clothing closet. We <laughs> I saw that coming. And looking through all of the choices, and it should be riveting. So stay tuned. Uh, I hope I can remember a new sweater next week. I we'll got see. one for you, bud. We'll see you then. Until then, live with meaning, purpose, resilience, and better sweaters. Take care. <laughs> Take care. You've been listening to the Meaning Academy podcast with your hosts, Dr. Daniel Franz and Dr. Baruch Halevi. If you found meaning in what you've heard, please leave us a five-star review and be sure to share this with fellow meaning seekers. And don't forget to check us out at themeaningacademy.com, where you can learn how to join our weekly virtual and complimentary meaning masterminds. Until the next time, get out there and live your purpose and discover your meaning.